Our message this morning from the theme Kingdom Strategies for Building a Firm Foundation. Kingdom Strategies for Building a Firm Foundation. Our text is coming from Matthew chapter 6, and we're just going to look at the 33rd verse. Matthew chapter 6, the 33rd verse. And the writer tells us, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and these things shall be added unto you. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and these things shall be added unto you. Let us pray. Father, we bless you. We praise you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you for these that have come to worship you in spirit and in truth. These that have come to feast on the manna of your word. We bless you now and praise you. We welcome your presence, Holy Spirit. Teach us, lead us, guide us, and direct us. Is thy servant's prayer. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Biggie Smalls in his movie. When his movie came out, there was a scene in his movie where... Him and Puff Daddy was talking. And Puff Daddy said to Biggie, Biggie, we're going to take over the world. We're going to change the world. Biggie looked at Puff Daddy and said, before we can change the world, we have to change us. We have to change ourselves. We're talking about building on a firm foundation. A builder, before he can begin the foundation and begin to build the structure, he has to build something called scaffolding around the foundation. And the purpose for the scaffolding is to protect the individuals who are building the foundation, the building. And the taller the building, the deeper the steel is put in the ground for the foundation of the building that is being built. Uh, 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 And once the scaffolding is in place, the builder realizes and and understands that it is safe now to begin the project on the structure. It is also said that a, a painter, when he uses a canvas, he has to start with a foundation. He sketches the foundation of the person that he's drawing or the picture or photo that he's doing the image of. Once he sketched the foundation, then it's easier for him to fill in the photo with the materials and all that it takes to bring into projection, into reality and realization, the actual image that he is doing. So when we talk about foundation, we talk about the structure of life and how life should be governed, how life should be structured. The foundation is imperative to life itself. The Bible tells us there in that 33rd verse of the 6th chapter of Matthew, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness and these things, whatever you need, will be added unto you. A kingdom belongs to a king. 
So we know that the king himself is the orator of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is in the hearts of all of man. But how do we receive God's kingdom within our hearts? Luke tells us in the 12th chapter, in the 33rd verse, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Mark tells us, and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit in order for the kingdom of God to even come inside of you. Timothy tells us in 1 Timothy 1.17, Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor, glory, and majesty forever. So we know that the king himself is the eternal God. We know that the kingdom of God reigns in the surface of heaven. The Bible tells us and shares with us, there must be a king in order to reside in a kingdom. And a king must have a following. He must have people to reign and live inside of the kingdom with him. There, 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 there are some things that we need to understand and know about a kingdom. A kingdom belongs to one who has sovereignty, authority, royal power, and dominion. It is the surface of God's rule in the heavens. Matthew tells us in the 6th chapter, in the 10th verse, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Who is the king? Who was the kingdom given to? Bible tells us and shares with us that one came to be a counselor, a god, a ruler over the people. Christ, he tells us in Matthew 28 and verse 18 says, And Christ came and spoke unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. A kingdom must be built on a solid foundation. Because if the foundation is not solid, the kingdom cannot stand. What makes a solid foundation? Bible tells us in Mark 3 and 24, and if a kingdom be divided against itself, it cannot stand. So a kingdom has to have solidity. It must be solid. It must be founded upon a rock in order for it to sustain itself and continue to survive. The psalmist tells us in Psalm 22 verses 28, and 29, for the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is governor among the nations. All the fat are those that are prosperous upon the earth shall come and worship him. And all they that go down to the dust shall bow before him, and none can live without a soul unless he provided. Word of God tells us the building of a firm foundation. There is several principles or, or several uh, uh, keys to having a firm foundation. It begins with understanding our purpose. Who are we in God and why is 
that important in our lives and how do we develop and grow ourselves in spiritual development? You must first of all know your purpose. What are you here for? What are you doing to build upon a strong foundation in God's kingdom? Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 3 and 10, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, Paul said, I've laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon, but let every man take heed how he build upon that foundation. So not only is it important to build the foundation, But it's critically important how you build the foundation, how the bricks are laid, how things are done. Remember the story of Nimrod, how they came together and they were all in agreement and they were going to build the Tower of Babel. And it was going all the way into the heavens to the kingdom of God. They were building it on a shaky foundation. (laughs) And because they were building on a shaky foundation... (laughs) They begin to build and build and build and God recognized him and the Holy Spirit and the Son say, wait a minute. Their minds are all one and they can do anything they set their minds to. So he said, we got to put a stop to this. So he goes down and confounds their language. Once their languages are confounded, they're done with building because nobody understands what nobody else is saying. So everybody that spoke the same language went that direction and others went this direction and that direction and that direction because what? There wasn't any more ability to continue to build upon the firm foundation. Not because they couldn't do it, but because it wasn't God's will for that type of foundation to be built. And sometimes we have to examine our hearts to make sure that we are really on a firm, solid foundation in the things of God. That develops and builds our lives as children of his. Jeremiah tells us in the 29th, verse, uh, uh, 29th chapter, verses 11 and then 13, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. It's not God's will that Breonna Taylor and many others that have been killed and destroyed and died at the hands of those who are supposed to protect us kill those individuals, take out the lives of those individuals, who he placed here for purposes to bring forth his kingdom in the earth. But because people are not secure in who they are and do not follow the principles of the teachings of God's word, we fall into divers' snares and traps and the devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy lives. Verse 13 he says, And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all of your heart. God's wisdom will help you build a solid foundation. Proverbs 24 and 3. Through wisdom is in house built and by understanding It is established. He tells us by wisdom. What is wisdom? It is the ability 
to take the knowledge and understanding that he gives us and apply it in our lives to be effective in building his kingdom. That's wisdom. Wisdom helps us. It is the, the power that is discerning, the power that gives us the insight, the insight, the, 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 the ability to do things in order according to purpose that God has created us for. There must be love in your heart in order to build a firm foundation. You cannot have a solid foundation without love. And I forgot our verse this morning. Y'all have to remind me because I, I, I keep forgetting things. We did not do 1 Corinthians 13. I, I recognize that now. The word tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1, we'll get that one. But though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become a sounding brass or tingling cymbal. In other words, you're just making noise. Love is the foundation for building a solid foundation. Why? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He was not talking about Caesar Bourgeois that many people hanging in their house. But he was talking about the real savior of all of us. The one that came through 42 generations that we may live a full and complete life. The one who came to show us the way back to the Father and to put our faith and trust back in him. What he said in, 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 in the book of Chronicles. If my people that are called by my name would humble themselves, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and what? Heal their land. See, the plagues and things that are running around loose on the earth, that's not, God ain't doing that. God's not a killer. He's not a murderer. He don't murder anybody. He allow his permissive will to be done by Satan who does those things. But people blame God for, well, it's the Lord's will. That's a lie. That's not God's will. You want to know God's will? Read his word. I am the good shepherd. I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. There's nothing about death in that verse. The Bible tells us and shares with us in Galatians chapter 5, verse number 6. For in Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. We must build loving relationships, parents to children, mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers, the brothering of the household of faith. We must build solid relationships to continue to build upon the kingdom of God. See, when you're building a kingdom, it, doesn't, it, it, it goes beyond the walls of this Ephesus. It goes beyond the structure of this building. Luke tells us in the ninth chapter in the 48th verse, Whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me. And whosoever receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. For he that is least among you shall be the greatest. He told that to the disciples. 
The one, let, let the one that's least among you be your servant. Let the one who's least among you be chief. You know, the servant's job is to be chief. Y'all bought me some, some, some uh, handkerchiefs and I, I, I'm uh, Kleenex and I still left them in the back. Let's go a little bit further with this. Put on the whole armor. Put on the whole armor of God. Ephesians tells us in the 6th chapter in the 13th verse, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor that ye may be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. So he tells us how to build a solid foundation. Just practice these principles in our daily living. So we can hear the word, but unless we do what it says, we're just hearers. Like the soil that sows the seed and it doesn't have any effect. He goes on to say in that particular verse, having done all to stand, stand, therefore having your lions girded about with truth, the word, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all of the fiery dust of the wicked. Amen. The devil is on the loose, running wild, seeking what? Whom he may devour. Stealing, killing, murdering, destroying everything. Our nation is crumbling from the center. It's falling apart. And everybody is, it's about me, myself, and I. And we're, the nation is crumbling. Our leaders are not interested in the people. They're interested in what's in it for them. So if you haven't registered to vote, let me encourage you. Your ancestors died for your privilege to vote. They gave their lives so you could go to the ballot and stand up for what's right, even if it is two evils. We have to choose the better of the two. And ask God to give us guidance. But go register and vote. The Bible tells us and shares with us in in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You got to be careful who you keep company with. So you can't hang around with anybody and expect to get good results. You, know, you have to call a spade a spade and say, I'm not going to be involved with that and move on. The Bible tells us what? Evil communications corrupt good manners. So we have to watch who we hang out with because we can get caught up in the wrong things. That's what's going on with some of these marches. You got people in these marches that are not there for the right reason. Nothing against the Black Lives Movement, but I think there's an underlying issue going on with that organization that's not real. There's too many people involved in that that really don't care anything about us. And we need to know the truth. Amen. So examine that very carefully before you hook up to it. Now, there's some stuff in there. I've been praying about that. some stuff in there that I just don't agree with. Too many people coming out in favor of us that really ain't, ain't for us. And money being sent into that organization. And I think there's some other things going on with that money. Right. Other than what's supposed to be going on with it. So I pray about that. If, you, if you're endorsing that with your finances. 
The Bible tells us in Proverbs 14 and 7, Go from the presence of a foolish man when thou perceivest not the lips of knowledge in him. Don't hang around with people that you know. Their elevator don't go all the way to the top. They've got issues. Something's wrong there. See, the foundation that we build must be secure in all of these areas. All of these principles are critical to building a solid foundation that will keep us going. Some people get up into to different things. Just trust God. Everything, everybody must put their faith and trust in God in the end. So he said, without what? That. There is no promise of eternal life. So if we want to be see, have eternal life, Father, help me to serve the right person. I don't want to be guilty of serving the wrong person. Help me to serve the right person. And if I'm not, then guide me to serve the right person. I don't want to serve no canvas or picture on the wall. I don't want to serve somebody that, 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 that they're all screwed up and messed up in the head. And we run around saying that's our Savior. God said, trust me above all, for I am what? Sovereign. I am holy. I am pure. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. So we must seek God. Whenever we don't understand and there's, there's issues and things in our lives, Remember, seek him. The Holy Spirit was given for what? To give us direction, to give us guidance, and to teach us. The word of God tells us and shares with us, if they are not building a firm foundation on the things of the kingdom of God, do not commit yourselves to that person. Amen. Scripture tells us all the way through. When people don't want to do what's right, you say, you don't have you don't have to uh, 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 just completely stop communicating, but you can stop dealing with them until they get themselves together. Mark tells us in the 8th chapter in the 35th verse, for whosoever will save his life shall what? Lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake and the kingdoms or the gospels, the same shall save it. So life is given for a purpose, for us to do the work of the kingdom, ministering, witnessing, sharing our testimony, telling people about, the, people about the goodness of God and the things that God is doing in our lives. He says, do what is right, do what is holy, do what is pure, and he will continue to strengthen us to do it because all of our help and our strength comes from who? The Lord. Colossians 3.23 tells us, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. People won't come to church because the pastor ain't who they think it ought to be. People won't come to church because Corona has got them paranoid. People don't have time for God. I'm busy. I'll talk to him tomorrow. We have to you don't have to be in the assembly, but you need to take time for God. He needs to be first and foremost in everything that you do. And you wake up in the morning and spend that time in meditation. Oh, wow. That's good. That's very good because what? He's first. When you spend time in your meditation and you seek him for direction and guidance that day, 
and invite his presence into your heart to watch over you and protect you and pray over your family and your children, God will do that. I've been in the business that I am in for, uh, since this stuff started. We closed for about two weeks. We had one employee to get coronavirus. Why? Refusal to follow protocol. Don't ride with the customers. Wear your face covering. Wash your hands. Keep your mouth covered. Simply following protocol. And because it didn't follow protocol, everybody in the whole dealership had to go be tested. And you know what my prayer was? My prayer was, Father, do not let any one be confirmed as positive. And every single test came back negative. Every single test. God will protect you. He sent plagues back in Egypt. <laughs> he sent frogs and put diseases in the water. He did all kinds of things. Because Moses was trying to get a point across to Pharaoh. But he refused to what? Listen. So God filled the land with plagues. He sent ten to get his attention. And God knows how to get your attention. He ain't doing it directly. But he got the devil. And he's busy. He's, if Satan get paid for the days he take off, he wouldn't get a check. He don't take no time off. He's constantly seeking whom he may devour. Let's bring this to a close. 1 John 2.17 says, And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Yes. Matthew 20 and 26 says, But it shall not be so among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your servant. How do we get there? Build your foundation on your faith in God. Build your foundation on your faith in God. Yeah. Hebrews tells us in the 11th chapter, in the very first verse, now faith is the substance yes. of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Your faith is what gives you the power to continue to seek and trust God until what you're praying about manifests in reality. You can believe it and believe it and keep praying about it and eventually it will manifest. Ain't nobody in here asked God for something that he didn't give you. At some point, some things you don't need and he didn't give it to you. But most of the time, when we as believers ask God for something, he give it to us. Sometimes he give it to you so you'll know you didn't need it. But if you ask in faith and believe it will manifest. I haven't asked for anything yet that I, I didn't get. I got a few things I didn't need. But, I, but God will provide what you need. But it will also give you the desires of your heart. He says in Proverbs 14 and 6, A scorner seeketh, seeketh not wisdom. It is not found in him. But knowledge is easy unto him that understands. So that's what he said. Keep learning, keep reading, keep growing spiritually. Keep spending time in fellowship with God and studying his word and giving that to the people. I share with you what God shares with me. What he gives me is good for you. 
So he says, share that with my people. Tell them about these things. They don't want to hear about no drunk or what went on in no club last night. Teach my word. He goes on and tells us in Proverbs 24 and 3. Through wisdom is a house built. And by understanding is it established. Through wisdom is a house built. And by understanding is it established. Then he says, of all things that you have, make sure that you have courage to stand alone. Sometimes the battle gets hard, it gets rough and tough. And you be out there in the field all by yourself. You be standing out on the limb, just barely clinging to life and holding on. But he says you have to have the courage to stand alone. Because everybody ain't going to agree with you. Everybody ain't going to like you. But are you willing? Christ did what? He stood alone. When everybody walked away, he had to stand alone. When they came to take him to be crucified, he had to what? Stand alone. Isaiah 32 and 8 tells us, but the liberal deviseth liberal things, and by liberal things shall he stand. Isaiah tells us in 41 and 10, so do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. And I will uphold you with the righteousness of my what? Right hand. He says, I'm going to watch over you. Don't worry. When you give it to God, guess what? No devil in hell can touch it. You can rejoice knowing that I've given it to God and he's promised he will watch over me. He will protect me. He will keep me and secure me in his loving arms and nothing and nobody can interfere with that. 1 Corinthians 16 and 13 says, Be on your guard. Stand firm in faith. Be men of courage and be strong. Don't let nobody fool you, trick you, make you wavery. Oh, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Oh, Lord. Solid foundation. Firm foundation. See, Jesus had that, that conversation with Peter. He said, look, boy, on this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. See, the church is having worship this morning. The churches are in worship this morning. They're worshiping. They're receiving the manna and the food from heaven. They're doing what it takes to develop and grow spiritually. Thus says the word of God. 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of what? Fear, a timidity. But of power, love, and a what? Sound mind. Your foundation must be, it must be built upon the power, the love, and the soundness of who you are and your purpose in life. For the things of the kingdom of God. There are many precious promises in the house of God and in the things of God. He promises that when we build, 
on a firm foundation, we can rest assured knowing that God's kingdom is first in our lives and we will always be conquerors and walk victoriously in the things of God. They don't get no better than that. When the God is saying, be humble. Stand firm. Have faith. And be assured that I will never leave you nor forsake you. The Messiah told Peter that. He told the disciples that. Lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. So what you doubting? What you worried about? Remember the story of the two builders? One decided he was going to build. He went out into the sand and he puts together the structure, barely a foundation. Once he got everything together like it should be, he thought it was all good and well. And he got his things and he moved in and he settled and he was comfortable. The other fellow decided, I'm going to build a foundation. But he went down into the soil and he dug deep in the ground and he anchored the foundation deep in the ground. And then he came up above the foundation that he, he planted and he began to build a structure around that foundation. And as he built the structure, he was very careful to put every single brick into proper place. He put everything in place as it should be according to guidelines and training. And he built a very solid foundation and built a secure foundation and property and he moved in. And after a while, a storm came along. And the fellow that built the little simple house was in the house and the winds blew and the rains came and began to beat upon the house and it crashed to the ground. And he's all messed up because he didn't think. He wasn't solid in what he was doing. He didn't have the proper knowledge and understanding that it takes a firm foundation to build what God wants. Storm reaches the other man's house and he's sitting in there. He barely feels anything. He looks out and see what's going on, but he barely feels anything. Why? Because he built a solid foundation and his house stood the test of the storm. And that's what God is saying to us. Build a solid foundation in your life. Build a solid foundation in your home. Build solid foundations in your families, in your relationships. Why? Because the solid foundation will stand the test of time. May God bless you and may heaven smile upon you. Let me cut this. We honor the Lord today. We thank him for the opportunity to stand before the congregation with another message of encouragement and one that brings glory to his most holy name. Today I want to talk from the theme, Worship God, Praise Him. Worship God, Praise Him. From the Sefer, 
in Isaiah chapter 43, we want to look at verses 10 through 12. And it reads as thus. Ye are my witnesses, says God, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there is no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am God, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared, and I have saved, and I have showed when there was no strange gods among you. Therefore, ye are my witnesses, says God, that I am God. I've read in your hearing Isaiah 43, verses 10 through 12. From the theme, worship God, praise him. We want to address this because a lot of people go to worship service and they go to services around this country every single week. And they hear the preacher say, praise God. They hear the preacher say, worship God, but they have no idea what the preacher is talking about. So let's look at this this morning and come to a knowledge and understanding of what worship and praise is all about. God created the heavens and the earth, formed and made everything that is known in the earth, in the heavens, and beyond. Isaiah tells us that it's imperative that we understand that there is only one God, and that all worship and praise belongs and goes to him. The songwriter, Jen Johnson, the co-founder of the Bethel Music Team, said these words, an encounter with God marks you and makes you hungry for more of him, quote, unquote. What is worship? To reverence, respect, to kneel or lay face down before, to acknowledge that he is the supreme being in the universe. Psalms tells us in 99 and verse 5, Exalt the Lord God, worship at his footstool, holy is he. Give admiration, be devoted to, esteem him above all the earth and the heavens. We refer to him as Elohim, which means God the Father, our creator. The word of God tells us and shares with us, he must receive all of our worship. Elohim, God the Father, is the living God. Exodus tells us in the 20th chapter, verses 3 and 4, these words, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything in the heavens above or in the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. For I am God, worship me. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am he 
I am jealous. I am a jealous God. Our worship should go to him. Why? In the beginning he created the heavens and the earth. Ruk, Hakadosh, the Holy Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. And God our Elohim said, let there be light. And there was light and the light did appear. Y'all turn the heat down, it's getting hot up in here. God began the beginning. He created and made everything on the face of the earth. And that which is in the heavens and above the heavens. All of our worship and our praise should go to him. He tells us that and we read those verses in your hearing already. I'm going to skip that. First Chronicles tells us in the 16th chapter, the 23rd and 25th verse, Sing unto the Lord, all ye the earth, proclaim his salvation day after day. He says, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all the people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of our praise. He requires praise. He inhabits our praises. And he wants us to remember where we've come from, who we are, and whose we are. He tells us, let there be praise among my people in the earth. For great is the Lord and most worthy of our praise. He is to be feared above all gods. See, there are different gods throughout the ages. People worship different things. But God says none should be worshipped above him. He made this remark to Israel because they were his chosen people. They were separated and set apart as royalty and his prized possession. Bible tells us in Exodus 20 and 2 verses 2 and 3. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery. For some reason the Hebrews forgot all about that. But God reminded them, I am the one that brought you forth. I am the one that delivered you. I am the one that set you free. Worship and praise and glorify me. He tells us in Psalms 29 verse 2, Ascribe to the Lord, the God, for it is due his holy name. The glory is due unto him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. For God is to be reverence and worship above all people and all things. People worship their homes and they worship their cause and they worship their jobs and they worship everything. And on worship day, the last thing on their mind is I might get COVID-19. The word of God says, I will be with you. I will protect you. I won't let any plague come near your dwelling. Go into the house of worship and praise and glorify me. He tells us it's imperative that we worship and serve him. God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. When we bow in reverence to adore and glorify and esteem and magnify and exalt and lift him up, that's worship. He is being adored. He is being acknowledged. So all worship goes to him. 
See, when we praise, we talk about him and his goodness and all he's done for us. When we worship, we talk directly to him. We esteem him and exalt him. What is praise? Lifting our hands and our voices and singing, dancing in the sanctuary and blessing his holy name. That's praise. Praise happens when we come together on Sunday and we lift our voices no matter how we sound. God inhabits our praises. No matter whether we're in tune or whether we're out of tune, God inhabits our praises. Whether we have the musician or not, God inhabits our praises. He said, lift your voice and raise your hands and give me praise in the sanctuary. Enter into my gates with thanksgiving and come unto my courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. Psalms 150 says, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his what? Sanctuary. Praise him in the primitive of his power. See, his firmament, the Bible tells us and shares with us, is so important. The firmament of God sets above the heavens. It is the highest position of his authority. Highest position of his personality, of his surface. His firmament is that special place only where he and those of the Sanhedrin, those who worship him, Remember the 24 seats around the throne of God in the book of Revelation. He said the turbans who are special above the angels. All throughout the Bible when you see the turbans, they are right near God. And they say holy, 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 night and day. Giving him praise. Worshiping and exalting him. And we are afraid to even say, thank you, Lord, <laughs> for what you've done for me. He said, worship and praise. Give it to me. I, I, I am due that honor. Psalms 148 and verse 1 says, praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all you angels. Praise him, all ye hosts, you sun, you moon, you stars, you light. Praise him. Give him praise for he is due the glory and the honor. For he created everything below the firmament, the highest place in the heavens. He created and made everything in the earth and said, you bow to me. You bow and give me praise. He tells us it's imperative that we do that. Why? For he commanded. And they were created. He commanded. And they were formed. We honor the Lord today. We thank him for the opportunity to stand before the congregation with another message of encouragement and one that brings glory to his most holy name. Today I want to talk from the theme, worship God, praise him. Worship God, praise him. From the Sefer in Isaiah chapter 43, we want to look at verses 10 through 12. And it reads as thus, 
Ye are my witnesses, says God, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me, and understand that I am he. Before me there is no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am God, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared, and I have saved, and I have showed when there was no strange gods among you. Therefore, ye are my witnesses, says God, that I am God. I've read in your hearing Isaiah 43, verses 10 through 12. From the theme, worship God, praise him. We want to address this because a lot of people go to worship service and they go to services around this country every single week. And they hear the preacher say, praise God. They hear the preacher say, worship God, but they have no idea what the preacher is talking about. So let's look at this this morning and come to a knowledge and understanding of what worship and praise is all about. God created the heavens and the earth, formed and made everything that is known in the earth, in the heavens, and beyond. Isaiah tells us that it's imperative that we understand that there is only one God, and that all worship and praise belongs and goes to him. The songwriter, Jen Johnson, the co-founder of the Bethel Music Team, said these words, an encounter with God marks you and makes you hungry for more of him, quote, unquote. What is worship? To reverence, respect, to kneel or lay face down before, to acknowledge that he is the supreme being in the universe. Psalms tells us in 99 in verse 5, exalt the Lord God, worship at his footstool, holy is he. Give admiration, be devoted to, esteem him above all the earth and the heavens. We refer to him as Elohim, which means God the Father, our creator. The word of God tells us and shares with us, he must receive all of our worship. Elohim, God the Father, is the living God. Exodus tells us in the 20th chapter, verses 3 and 4, these words, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything in the heavens above or in the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. For I am God. Worship me. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am he. I am jealous. I am a jealous God. Our worship should go to him. Why? In the beginning he created the heavens 
and the earth. Ruach, Hakadosh, the Holy Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. And God, our Elohim, said, let there be light. And there was light, and the light did appear. Y'all turn the heat down. It's getting hot up in here. God began the beginning. He created and made everything on the face of the earth. And that which is in the heavens and above the heavens. All of our worship and our praise should go to him. He tells us that, and we read those verses in your hearing already. I'm going to skip back. First Chronicles tells us in the 16th chapter, the 23rd and 25th verse, Sing unto the Lord, all ye the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. He says, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all the people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of our praise. He requires praise. He inhabits our praises. And he wants us to remember where we've come from, who we are, and whose we are. He tells us, let there be praise among my people in the earth. For great is the Lord and most worthy of our praise. He is to be feared above all gods. See, there are different gods throughout the ages. People worship different things. But God says none should be worshipped above him. He made this remark to Israel because they were his chosen people. They were separated and set apart as royalty and his prized possession. Bible tells us in Exodus 20 and 2 verses 2 and 3. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt out of the land of slavery. For some reason the Hebrews forgot all about that. But God reminded them, I am the one that brought you forth. I am the one that delivered you. I am the one that set you free. Worship and praise and glorify me. He tells us in Psalms 29 verse 2, Ascribe to the Lord, the God, for it is due his holy name. The glory is due unto him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. For God is to be reverence and worship above all people and all things. People worship their homes and they worship their cause and they worship their jobs and they worship everything. And on worship day, the last thing on their mind is I might get COVID-19. The word of God says, I will be with you. I will protect you. I won't let any plague come near your dwelling. Go into the house of worship and praise and glorify me. He tells us it's imperative that we worship and serve him. God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. When we bow in reverence to adore and glorify and esteem and magnify and exalt and lift him up, that's worship. He is being adored. He is being acknowledged. So all worship goes to him. See, so when we praise, we talk about him and his goodness and all he's done for us. When we worship, we talk directly to him. We esteem him and exalt him. 
What is praise? Lifting our hands and our voices and singing, dancing in the sanctuary and blessing his holy name. That's praise. Praise happens when we come together on Sunday and we lift our voices no matter how we sound. God inhabits our praises. No matter whether we're in tune or whether we're out of tune, God inhabits our praises. Whether we have the musician or not, God inhabits our praises. He said, lift your voice and raise your hands and give me praise in the sanctuary. Enter into my gates with thanksgiving and come unto my courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. Psalms 150 says, praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his what? Sanctuary. Praise him in the primitive of his power. See, his firmament, the Bible tells us and shares with us, is so important. The firmament of God sets above the heavens. It is the highest position of his authority, highest position of his personality, of his surface. His firmament is that special place only where he and those of the Sanhedrin, those who worship him, Remember the 24 seats around the throne of God in the book of Revelation. He said the cherubims who are special above the angels. All throughout the Bible when you see the cherubims, they are right near God. And they say, holy, 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 night and day. Giving him praise. Worshiping and exalting him. And we are afraid to even say, thank you, Lord, <laughs> for what you've done for me. He said, worship and praise. Give it to me. I, I, I am due that honor. Psalms 148 and verse 1 says, praise ye the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him, all you angels. Praise him, all ye hosts, you sun, you moon, you stars, you light. Praise him. Give him praise for he is due the glory and the honor. For he created everything below the firmament, the highest place in the heavens. He created and made everything in the earth and said, you bow to me. You bow and give me praise. See, he tells us it's imperative that we do that. Why? For he commanded. And they were created. He commanded. And they were formed. 